Hi, I'm Heather. I've been a foster mom for three years and I definitely get too attached. Um, I get too attached because to me, the idea of a child um, never knowing the, the love and safety of a family is so much more painful than the idea of loving a child that I have to say goodbye to. Find out more about becoming too attached at tbhc.org. Now, on to the episode. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Kristen, TBHC's outreach and communication admin. We are excited you are joining us today for a special episode about the ministry of serving children through TBHC. We want you to hear how you can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Imagination Learning Center. They nurture children with a positive environment, focus on creativity, education, and self-confidence, and share our faith in God. Find out more at www.imaginationcenter.com. We are grateful to Imagination for supporting today's stories. Now stick around and hear about ordinary people doing extraordinary things to help bring kids home. Hi, my name is Laurie Henthorn with TBHC Foster and Adoption. I'm talking today with Dana Holt. She is the regional director for our branch in Permian Basin. How are you doing, Dana? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Lori. Um, I would like for you to introduce yourself and tell us something interesting about you. Okay. Uh, my name is Dana Holt. I'm the regional director for TBHC of the Permian Basin. Um, I have been married for 25 years to my husband, Eric. We have two kids, Abby's 22 and Mason is 18. As a family, we love to cruise. Um, we really like cruising because we can just shut out the entire world and just focus on each other and um, just spend quality time together. I was in the medical field for 12 years as an x-ray tech and a, and a medical assistant. Um, funny fact is I can't stand blood in a tube, but I could help the doctors reattach appendages and things. And so I've always thought that that was funny that I literally will get sick at drawing blood, but not anything else. So um, before I came to work for TBHC, I spent three years working with children with special needs from the Ukraine. Um, I've been to the Ukraine a few times, um, once helping a friend bring home children that she adopted, and then another couple of trips, just bringing supplies to the orphanages that we had made contacts with. Um, I love camping and just being out with nature. Um, Dana, tell us a little bit about what you've done in your time here at TBHC. So I started out working for TBHC as a post-adopt part-time worker in 2012. So I spent two years serving our families in post-adoption services, um, just making sure that they're connected to the resources that they need and sometimes just walking along the journey of them when they were in crisis. In 2014, I was promoted to the adoption director of TBHC. I served in my role as the adoption director from 2014 to June of 2021. In June of 2021, I assumed my new position as the regional director for the Permian Basin. Awesome, you have been uh, wearing a lot of hats here. So, so we're gonna talk a little bit today about foster care. Dana has a lot of experience in a lot of different things here and um, we're just gonna kind of tap into her knowledge today Dana, what are some things that might need to be considered by a person or family that's considering fostering? They need to consider, first of all, is their entire family that lives in their household on board for the journey? We want to make sure that um, the children that are placed in the home feel supported and 
that they each support each other on the journey. Um, we work with uh, married couples. They just need to be married for a minimum of two years before, before um, becoming a family. Um, we work with single moms and dads, and we just, re we, we just want to make sure that anyone comes through, whether they're married or single, that they have a support system that's going to be there to help support them on their journey as fo to fostering and or adopting. Yeah. And so um, as far as age-wise, um, you do have to be a minimum of 23 to, um, to foster and nice. or adopt. Um, as far as a max age, um, there isn't a cap at, at, on an age of who can foster. Um, as long as you are able to, um, to care for children and um, you physically can care for them and emotionally and mentally, um, that is what we're looking for when we're looking for families. Living situations, can they have pets? Can they live in an apartment? Is any of that considered a detriment or anything? Oh, so um, we have families that have ha have houses, they foster out of apartments. Um, you can have pets. Um, the pets just need to make sure that they don't, they don't have a history of, you know, ever hurting a child. But we just kind of, when we're working with the family and they first come through, like we talk about, you know, the requirements that they would need to have for their home. And we talk about their pets. And so they would need to um, provide, you know, vaccinations that their pets go to the vet and that they're ta well taken care of. But I think a lot of families, like they, they think of, oh, that's too big of a process. But when it comes down to it, our agency breaks it down into small obtainable goals. And so each, each step that we work with them, um, we answer all the questions that they have regarding like their house and if they would need to do anything to, um, to make it make, make space for a child. Um, we, we had those individual conversations with the families. So what is the biggest thing you hear from people when you tell them what you do? I think the, the biggest, the biggest response is, oh, I couldn't do that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't want my, I don't want to hurt my heart. I don't want to, I don't want to be sad all the time. Um, a lot of people respond out of fear um, they just have a big fear of, you know, growing attached or loving on a child and then having to say goodbye. Um, one of the biggest things I've heard lately is I know there's a problem, but I don't know what to do. And so I, I actively take part in educating others on what they can do to help with the current problems that we, we face in foster care. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard the, I'd get too attached. Truth is, that's what we want is, is for our foster families to get to attach to these kids because they, they need someone to, to love them like that. Yeah, um, attachment is exactly what we need the kids to do. It's what they need. So I know we, we do have older children in our, in our system. Um, what do you see in older kids? You know, we see a mixture. There's some, there are some who would prefer to just go ahead and age out, but there are many who desire to have a family and they long to have connection and to have someone to belong to. Um, I've seen that, you know, children, once they get past the age of 10, it, it is harder to find a home for them. Um, I've, on several occasions, I've taken a group of children to match events. And um, one that stands out was there was a young man and he, he was around the age of nine and he was a failed adoption returned back to care. So this child has suffered abuse, neglect, and then told he's going into a forever home. And then once again, adults failed him and he was returned back into care. 
And I remember taking him to one of the events and the closer we got, the more nervous he got. Um, he was almost shaking by the time we got there. And I just kind of pulled him aside and I started talking to him. And then he just kind of shared with me his fears that he knows he's getting older and that as he gets older, he's less likely for someone to come for him. And unfortunately for this child, I've kept track of him through the years. He's around 16 and he's still in the system. He still does not have a family to call his own. And that breaks my heart. Although he's no longer with our agency as a placement, he still, he still needs a home regardless of his age. And so I think for teens, once they get in their mind, I'm not cute anymore. I'm, you know, people, people aren't going to want me, but they deserve a home just as much as anyone else. Um, we've had sibling groups where the kids range from five, you know, to 15 and the older siblings want their younger siblings to have a family so bad that they've been willing to separate from their younger siblings so that their younger siblings can be adopted. And it's stories like that, that just break my heart. Like wow. they're bonded, they love each other, but their older siblings know that the chances of them all finding a home together is less likely. And so I try to advocate as much as I can for the need to keep siblings together. And then for, for the fact that just because you're older doesn't mean that, that you don't deserve to be loved and to have support and to have someone to come home to. Um, you know, if you go off to college, come home for the holidays, like just because they're 18, it doesn't mean that they no longer need anyone. So obviously there's a need for families that are willing to take those older kids um, or special needs kids. And um, so if, if a child gets to be 18 uh, and they do age out without finding a forever home, what happens with them? Um, there are programs available to, to youth who age out of care that will help pay for their rent. They um, can go on to college and live on campuses. There definitely are programs that are available for them. A majority of teens um, want out of the system when they turn 18. So they will, um, some will, you know, land with friends, live on couches, surf from house to house. Some maybe become homeless. Um, unfortunately, many will become victims of human trafficking. Mm. And the hope is to change that statistic and for us to make sure that our kids are getting connected to the resources that they need to thrive as an adult. And I think that that is something at TBHC that we're always striving to do is to teach life skills and to help our, help our students who we see about to age out, make sure they have the resources that they need to, to become successful young adults. Can you tell us what an average foster care case looks like as far as like time um, waiting to be approved and um, the amount of time that most children stay in a home, that, that kind of thing? So uh, once a child is, um, is removed and placed into a foster home, their, their case, the, there's timelines that are set where parents are able to um, try to work services, but um, it can go, the, it'll go to like the first year and then if the parent hasn't reached the, the services, then they will look at, you know, are we going to be heading towards relinquishment of parental rights or are we going to extend the case? So an average case can last anywhere from 12 months to 18 months, depending on the specifics of the case. So if someone were to apply tomorrow to 
Okay, so once a family inquires with TBHC, our goal is for them to start our pre-service program, complete their training, and turn in everything that they need to become a licensed family and be licensed within six months. Okay. And so once they um, once their home is opened, then for a foster placement, they can start taking placements the next day, um, depending on if you know we have the right fit for the child with the right home. So it, when you said once a, a home is approved, they can they could get a placement immediately. I would think that would be a little bit scary, you know, just the fear of the unknown. Um, so when a child is placed in a home, are the parents kind of left on their own, so to speak, or is there a support system in place for those foster families? So when families are fostering through TBHC, we are, there, we are an extra support system to them during their foster care journey. Um, they will be assigned a case manager from TBHC to walk alongside them. So once a family takes their first placement, after 30 days, we, we have a, what we call as a, support, a support meeting. So at that support meeting, we just want to check in with the family and see how they're doing with their first placement and then just find out if there's any added resor resources that they need or more support that they need from us. One thing that we do encourage as an agency is that our families be an active part of a church community. We also want the church community to be a support system to the family in addition to us. So we would encourage that we encourage churches to, you know, take meals to foster families, um, have parent night out, you know, recruit respite families from within your own church to help build your support. But as an agency, we are a big support of our families. We have um, 24 hour on call. If something happens in the middle of the night, the family is able to reach someone at any time of the day. So that is um, one of the many of the support systems that we offer to our families. That's awesome. That's one of my next questions was what sets TBHC apart as an agency? And I think you've pretty well answered that. Um, can you explain the difference uh, between the goal of fostering versus the goal of adoption? Yes, in fostering, the main goal is to reunify the child with their biological family. And so when we take in a foster placement, you are agreeing to be that child's family for the temporary time frame of while their family, their biological family is working on services to reunite their child with them. For when we go into the adoption side, the adoption goal is to find permanency for a child. So the permanency would come after a parent was not able to work services and the courts found that their parental rights should be terminated. Many times, most of our adoptions are actually foster families who walk the journey with the child, the child became available for adoption and then they adopted the child. Um, we, do, we do have families that wait for children to be matched. Um, and so they would be matched for children that rights have already been terminated within the courts. But the main goal of fostering is to love on the children, children support them. And then the goal is for them to, to go back home to biological family or relatives. So I know you've got some stuff coming up in Odessa on May 3rd, which um, I believe this uh, podcast will be airing right before then. So tell us what it is and how our listeners can participate. Okay, so on May 3rd, we will be hosting Permian Basin Day of Prayer. It is a time that we have set aside asking the community 
to come be with us and pray specifically for the children of the Permian Basin. We have a little under 300 children in care in the Permian Basin, but 89% are placed over 100 miles from home. They know nothing familiar to them. They lose their friends, their school, the connections to family, and most of the time the ability to even visit their families because the distance is too far. Several of our kids are in the DFW area and several of them are in Houston. So if you can imagine being the biological family living in West Texas and your child being in Houston, the, the chances of you being able to actually have a visit with your child is very slim due to distance and finances of being able to make that meeting. So at this day, we will be praying specifically that um, we would have foster families and adoptive families come forward and take on the challenge of helping keep kids in the Permian Basin. Um, we hope to have more church engagement. Um, we want to recruit from the pew and we feel that that is where our children need to be in church and that's where their healing is gonna come from their trauma. So we are actively engaging from the pulpit of the churches. And so we're pray our prayer is that we will have more church engagement. We will increase foster care and adoptive homes in this area. And that we would also gain more providers for physicians, psychiatrists, and counselors. We have a deficit in services available to serve our families and TVHC is actively trying to bring a difference to that. Um, we're meeting with local physicians, psychiatrists, and counselors, and just trying to um, encourage them to have a heart change and to serve the kids that are in their community. So this is a, a day we're excited about um, to just bring awareness to the needs of the basin and to just spend time in prayer, um, actively asking others to pray and, and that we would see change here. We are actually hosting it at the Press Cafe here in Odessa, Texas. Um, we will be having coffee and, sna and snacks set outside. And then we'll also have um, prayer requests for people to take home and to pray about over. And so I'm actually going to encourage and ask for a commitment from my pa pastors and those that come from the community that day, that they would set aside a time each day to specifically pray for the children of the Permian Basin over the next year. Um, and also May 3rd is foster care day. So it's a great day to be having your day of prayer. So we have a TBHC of the Permian Basin. Um, on our website, we actually have two events that are listed right now. The first one is May 3rd for the Permian Basin Day of Prayer. And then May 17th is the Permian Basin Gives Day. This will be our first year to participate in the fundraising, um, in fundraising for West Texas through Permian Basin Gives. We're very excited about the opportunity to, to raise funds and to continue to spread awareness for the children here. We've also been involved in a few other um, commercials in the Permian Basin. We are a part of an organization that we have created collaboratively with other agencies and children who work with, um, or places who work with children in the community. It's called getinvolvedwesttexas.org. We have several commercials that are airing throughout the community and just in a, a way to bring awareness of the crisis that we are facing here and the needs that we, that, and of the needs that we have. You have been a busy girl out there. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes, I have. It's, it's great though. I've, I've, seen, I've seen so much change and just the time that I've been here and just seeing the hearts, the hearts of God's people stir and seeing them be like, well, there is a problem. And instead of saying, 
I know there's a problem. I don't know what to do about it. We are now having people say, I know there's a problem and I'm going to see what I can do about it. And so like seeing that mindset change has been great. And to just know that our agency is in the heart of all of that and we're leading that change. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, It's been great talking to you and be blessed. Thanks, Lori, for helping us bring kids home to the Permian Basin. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can contact us through our email, podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.